I'm Mike Tater with Tater Farms in Inez, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. We've got another week rolling, and I've got another episode rolling for you of Texas Ag Today. So jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've got a brand new cotton classing office officially open here in Texas. They held the grand opening of that new state-of-the-art cotton classing facility on the Texas Tech campus in Lubbock last week. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Better management of BRD and other illnesses is always a goal for Texas livestock producers. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about new technology that appears to be helping feed yards reduce death loss. The U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol receives membership into a global organization that will open up more international markets for U.S. cotton, including Texas cotton. I'm Tom Nicolotti, and I'll have the details on Texas Ag Today. August rainfall did much to alleviate the drought conditions in the coastal bend. This is Harvey Beering reporting from the Corpus Christi area. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The new USDA Cotton Classing Office on the Texas Tech campus in Lubbock held a grand opening last week, capping off years of planning and construction on the new facility. USDA Agricultural Marketing Service Administrator Bruce Summers was on hand for the opening. The facility is equipped with new state-of-the-art equipment and systems to efficiently and effectively class cotton. Our partnership, we truly believe, is going to serve U.S. cotton industry not only by grading cotton, the collaboration is going to create educational, research, and employment opportunities. USDA's Ag Marketing Service Deputy Administrator Daryl Ernest says the project took years to develop. It's taken a long time to get here, almost nine years since we started this. We embarked on the task of replacing our facility because we knew it was time, but we wanted to make this one special. Special by having the most technologically advanced classing office in the nation. We embarked on automation. We put the first system ever in Abilene, Texas, and that kind of told us, okay, we need to be designing this new facility in Lubbock with the future of that in mind. We also wanted to design a more efficient way to move the cotton through, to remove it to the bell presses. Everything that we do, we wanted to do it better. So we had to come up with new designs of things that really weren't even in place yet. Ernest says energy conservation was also a top priority in planning the new cotton classing office. 
Texas peanut producers have experienced a tough growing season here in 2022, just like most other crops. Planted peanut acreage this year was around 134,000 acres. That's down substantially from the acreage projection earlier in the year of 170,000 acres. The latest Farm Service Agency report estimates that about 20,000 acres of Texas peanuts failed this year because of drought. But for those acres that survived, prices are higher than last year, averaging around $600 to $625 a ton. We have taken a big chunk out of the Texas cow herd this summer, with many producers forced to liquidate as they ran out of grass and water. Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson says the results of that will be felt in the near future. And those results will be good for those who manage to stay in the cattle business. Longer term, what that means is pretty simple. Fewer cows, fewer calves, and less beef production. So from a fundamental supply standpoint, the pressure's on for higher beef prices. And quite honestly, at this rate of cow slaughter, you know, I think we're going to be looking at cow numbers that rival where we were following the drought. And because of that, I I do think at this point, we're going to be talking about record high calf prices in the next couple of years. Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson. Better management of BRD and other cattle illnesses is now possible through some new technology. James Hunt tells us this new technology appears to be helping reduce death loss in feed yards. In keeping cattle healthy, the earlier the better when it comes to detecting and treating illness. As we talked about in our previous report, Merck Animal Health has a new product called SenseHub Feedlot, Released commercially earlier this year, the SenseHub technology is intended to enable livestock producers to identify sick animals days earlier than is typically achievable through human observation, say by a pen rider. SenseHub uses a specially designed ear tag that monitors a calf's temperature and activity and then transmits information in the form of an email to the producer, alerting them to animals that need to be pulled for BRD or other illnesses. One person who has been trying out the SenseHub technology is feed yard operator Robbie Kirkland. Kirkland says so far he's seeing good results. What we look at in our operation is what we call a pull-to-dead ratio. How many cattle we're pulling versus how many that don't make it. We see that that number is getting better. It's improving. Our death loss numbers are improving. So the death loss on the cattle that we're using it on are actually being cut close to half. And so, you know, we're early in it. Uh, We're going into the fall right now, and so that's going to be a test for what we see because we all know that the fall is a more challenging time. So there's a lot we're still learning, I'll be real honest. Um, But what we've seen in the short eight months that we've been within the program is that it's doing what Merck and the SenseHub system says it'll do. Robbie Kirkland is the vice president and manager of Kirkland Feed Yard in Vega. For more information about SenseHub Feedlot, contact Merck Animal Health. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol is accepted into a global membership organization. Tom Nicoletti says it will help open new markets for U.S. cotton producers. My guest from Memphis is Dr. Andy Jordan. He is an advisor for the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. And uh, Dr. Jordan, U.S. uh, Cotton Trust Protocol has... uh, Uh, been accepted by ICO community as a member due to the uh, protocol's sustainably uh, grown cotton initiative. Explain uh, the significance of this membership. 
So the ICO, that is indeed a uh, extremely important because that is an international group which uh, writes the standards for environmental and social standards. So being approved by this group, it opens the door to many markets, especially the European markets. They are really intent on being sure that their products, their brands, the brand reputation is kept pure by sourcing products from people that are responsible, people meaning supply chain partners that are assuring that the cotton, in this case, grown responsibly. Texas is so important for U.S. cotton. Being able to market their product is extremely important. We have more than 50 countries represented, represented by countries that are buying our cotton for spending countries that are taking the yarns and the fabrics and making them into garments, then the brands around the world that are marketing these. This is uh, why we are so pleased to be able to, our agents around the world, to represent uh, the Texas producers. Dr. Andy Jordan, advisor to the U.S. Cotton Trust Protocol. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Last month's rainfall went a long way in the Texas coastal bend. Harvey Buring has an update from Corpus Christi. Well, the coastal bend has experienced the wettest August on record, and uh, the official rain gauge at the National Weather Service over by the Corpus Christi International Airport gauged just over 10 inches for the month of August. That certainly a record breaker for the month particularly in view of the fact that there wasn't a tropical storm or a hurricane associated with those totals. Now, fortunately for our cotton farmers, 95% of the coastal bend crop did manage to be harvested before those torrential rains hit in late August, and that gave ginners a chance to get a jump start on the ginning this season. Many of them are indicating that they'll be wrapping up here by mid-September with their ginning activities in the coastal bend. The cotton classing office in Corpus Christi indicated at the end of August that they had sampled 329,353 bales of cotton, and those came from 41 gins across South Texas. The crop grade did remain good for the most part, but staple length was a bit shorter than usual, averaging around an inch and a tenth, and that is certainly shorter than the past three seasons. Now, the most notable change here in the coastal bend has certainly been the improvements and the rebounding of our pasture conditions, and that pasture improvement has resulted in Better cattle conditions as well, and a big slowdown in the amount of cattle being shipped to our local auction barns. So we're hoping that we will continue to see some rains here throughout September, September being the wettest month historically for Coastal Bend rainfall, but it'll remain to be seen if we will have a record breaker in September in the rainfall department to alleviate the drought conditions from the previous seven months of the year. Reporting for Texas Ag Today from the Coastal Bend area, this has been Harvey Buring. There's a new opportunity for adults who are looking to learn how to hunt. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And CBD is being used in humans and many animals. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next. 
right here on Texas Ag Today. Before you go out this summer, Texas A&M Forest Service wants you to keep these extreme heat safety tips in mind. Stay hydrated. Check with local county and city officials for burn bans and fire restrictions. Always have some water readily available if you light a fire or are working with equipment. Make sure your equipment is maintained and clean. Keep water with your equipment and have a plan. With these dry and hot conditions, one spark can lead to a large wildfire. For more information, visit tfsweb.tamu.edu. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. CBD is being used in humans and in many animals, but Dr. Bob Judd says safety is a big concern. After CBD became available as a commercial product in 2018, it has become very popular for multiple conditions. CBD is a byproduct of cannabis without psychoactive effects and has several reported health benefits. In 2018, the United States Agricultural Improvement Act classified CBD as separate from marijuana, so it is not regulated as a controlled substance. Dr. Brent Fisher indicated in Clinician's Brief that this change led to an abundant availability of CBD-containing products despite a lack of studies indicating safety and efficacy. Also, many products are labeled to treat a disease, which is in violation of the Food and Drug Administration rules. Since its approval, numerous studies have been performed on CBD to determine health benefits and the best dosage to use. One study in dogs used four different dosages of an oil-based formulation of CBD over a 28-day period in fasted dogs. It was stated that this is the first study to check for chronic use of the product, but they are considering chronic use to be only 28 days. Results did indicate the blood chemistry value alkaline phosphatase was increased and mild gastrointestinal side effects such as hypersalivation did occur at higher dosages. Chronic use over the month did indicate the half-life was longer as CBD did accumulate in plasma over time. It did require two weeks for CBD to reach a steady state concentration in the blood. My concern about CBD is that 28 days is not a long time and we still do not know if side effects will occur with long-term use. Also, these products are not FDA approved, so there is little regulation of the products as far as safety and efficacy. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. There's a new opportunity for Texas adults who are looking to learn how to hunt. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. For years, the Texas Wildlife Association has provided opportunities for both adults and youth to learn how to hunt in safe, educational, guided experiences. Now, TWA has expanded its program to meet a vital need in the adult population as well. It is called the Adult Learn to Hunt Program. Dr. Matt Hughes, the program coordinator, joins us with more. That Adult Learn to Hunt program is a program that is targeting adults to teach them the skills of hunting as well as broaden their understanding of how hunting can be used in a conservation mindset to manage uh, populations and to have a healthy, you know, habitats. You know, when we have these adult learn to hunt programs, you know, we have a lot of focus on talking with biologists or game wardens, landowners, and telling these individuals what the role is um, for hunters as well as teaching them the hard skills of how to butcher an animal, how to clean an animal, and then how to cook those different types of animals. So we kind of go all-encompassing if we can. TWA hunts are typically three days and two nights. 
our model was based off of the Texas Youth Hunting Program. Typically, it's a weekend, so they'll come out Friday around noon. We go through get camp set up, and then we go through gun safety practices. We're talking about conservation and hunting and how it plays a role in the landscape. We're talking about safety. We're talking about ethics. You know, we're kind of giving this big understanding of what hunting is and how it shaped in Texas. And then Saturday morning, they'll hunt for the first time. Ideally, if they have something that they've killed, um, we bring it back. We harvest the meat. You know, we teach them how to you know butcher that animal, and then they'll usually go back out Saturday night for another hunt, followed by a morning hunt on Sunday. We'll have more on this on our next show. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The cattle market had a mostly higher trade to kick off the week on Monday. The cotton and wheat dropped sharply lower. We'll check out all of Monday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. When we moved to Texas, we were like fish out of water. We didn't know anyone in our neighborhood until our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent came to the house. She was so helpful and reassuring, a friendly face with that Texan hospitality I'd heard about. When we purchased a Texas Farm Bureau insurance policy, we knew we were making the right choice. We knew our family would be protected. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an insurance agent who's a true neighbor. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The cattle complex traded mostly higher to kick off the week on Monday. We did have one or two lower contracts, but overall a mostly higher close on live cattle with October up 22 cents, 145.72. The December was down 7, 150.90, while February live cattle were up 15 at 155.25. Higher close across the board on the feeder cattle market. Nearby September feeders up 75 cents at 179.95. October up a dollar five one eighty two thirty. The November up seventy seven cents at one eighty three fifty two. Cash fed cattle market all quiet here on Monday. We wrapped up last week selling cattle at one forty two here in Texas. That's a buck higher compared to the previous week. Boxed beef prices were mixed Monday. Choice up a dollar ten one fifty three fifty. Select down seventy three cents two twenty five ninety two. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pins with Larry Marble. Jody Fry's on the line. Jody Fry from Producers in Cardile, San Angelo. How'd the cattle sale go? Several of those calves included in the the uh, wean uh, calf portion of the sale, and the wean cattle. I'm calling them two to four dollars higher. Your fleshy unweaned calves, calling those just the opposite, kind of two to four dollars lower. Slaughter cows and bulls, a better demand than I thought it would be. About steady prices with last week, of course, continued best demand for those heavyweight and high yielding cows and bulls. Fairly short supply of bred cows and just a handful of cow calf pairs sold about steady. Steers forty. 600 pounds, 140, all the way up to a high of 220, mostly 155 to 185. Six to 800 pound steers from 130 up to a high of near 185, mostly 140 to 165. Better quality heifers, 4 to 600 pounds from 130 all the way up to a high of near 190, mostly 140 to 160. Slaughter cows average to high yielding, 60 to 78. Several of the highest yielding slaughter cows from 80 up to a high of 88. Thinner or lower yielding type cows, not as many of those today from 40 to 50. 
slaughter bulls averaged a high yielding from 80 to 96. Still had some of the highest yielding slaughter bulls from 97 all the way up to a high of 113. Bred cows and two-year-olds, mostly small groups and singles, uh, anywhere from uh, 775 all the way up to a high of 1275. Cow-kid pairs, just a few single pairs, average quality from 850 up to a high of 1100. How about next week? Might not be quite as many sheep and goats as we had this week. You know, we were knocking on the door of 8,000 heads, so I think we'll back off a little bit. Cattle numbers, I look for that to back off after this special sale. I'm looking for more in the neighborhood of 1,000 to 1,100 head. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you for the next sale there at Producers in San Angelo. 325-653-3371. My mobile phone would be same area code 234-7895. Neighbor, that's it for Walking the Pins. I'm Larry Marble. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now where lean hogs finish mixed on Monday. October hogs down 42 cents, 96.47. The December up 17 at 88.15. Same story on Class 3 milk. The September contract up 3 cents, 19.91. A hundred weight. October milk down 4, 21.41. Cotton market seeing another day of sharp losses. Boy, we have taken a chunk out of this cotton market over the last couple of weeks. Really no fundamental news in the market to push prices down. It seems like traders continue to watch the outside markets on the overall economy. The Federal Reserve announcing an interest rate hike this week. How much will it be? That's one factor that's hanging over the market. Also, that higher U.S. dollar can hamper exports, and that continues to keep a lid on cotton prices. December cotton dropped another 325 points Monday to close at 96.04. March cotton down 310 at 93.05. Not a lot of direction in the corn market on Monday. December corn up a penny, 678 and a quarter. While the March was up a half at 683 and a half. But we did see double digit losses in the wheat market. And it's the same story we've been talking about for the last few weeks. Not really a lot of fundamental news to explain these big moves in the wheat market. All we can figure right now is that we've got winter wheat planting underway across much of the plains. And, of course, those outside markets that we talked about on the cotton trade earlier could be affecting the wheat trade as well. That higher dollar always seems to weigh on possible exports and keep a lid on prices. December Kansas City wheat down 25 and a half at 909 and three quarters. December Chicago wheat down 29 and a quarter at 830 and a half. In the energy markets, October natural gas up three cents at 779. October crude oil up 52, 85.63 a barrel. The financial market slightly higher Monday afternoon. The Dow up 77 points at 30,899. The Nasdaq up 45, 11,493. The S&P up 11 at 3,884. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. My name is Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A, Texas agriculture.